A reading from Daniel chapter 11. The one having the appearance of a man said, And as for me, in the first year of Darius the Mede, I stood up to confirm and strengthen him. And now I will show you the truth. Behold, three more kings shall arise in Persia, and a fourth shall be far richer than all of them. And when he has become strong through his riches, he shall stir up all against the kingdom of Greece. Then a mighty king shall arise, who shall rule with great dominion and do as he wills. And as soon as he has arisen, his kingdom shall be broken and divided toward the four winds of heaven, but not to his posterity, nor according to the authority with which he ruled. For his kingdom shall be plucked up and go to others besides these. Then the king of the south shall be strong, but one of his princes shall be stronger than he and shall rule, and his authority shall be a great authority. After some years they shall make an alliance, and the daughter of the king of the south shall come to the king of the north to make an agreement. But she shall not retain the strength of her arm, and he and his arm shall not endure. But she shall be given up, and her attendants, he who fathered her, and he who supported her in those times. And from a branch from her roots, one shall arise in his place. He shall come against the army and enter the fortress of the king of the north, and he shall deal with them and shall prevail. He shall also carry off to Egypt their gods with their metal images and their precious vessels of silver and gold. And for some years he shall refrain from attacking the king of the north. Then the latter shall come into the realm of the king of the south, but shall return to his own land. His sons shall wage war and assemble a multitude of great forces, which shall keep coming and overflow and pass through, and again shall carry the war as far as his fortress. Then the king of the south, moved with rage, shall come out and fight against the king of the north. And he shall raise a great multitude, but it shall be given into his hand. And when the multitude is taken away, his heart shall be exalted, and he shall cast down tens of thousands, but he shall not prevail. For the king of the north shall again raise a multitude greater than the first, and after some years he shall come on with a ar great army and abundant supplies. In those times many shall arise against the king of the south, and the violent among your own people shall lift themselves up in order to fulfill the vision, but they shall fail. Then the king of the north shall come and throw up siege works and take a well-fortified city, and the forces of the south shall not stand, or even his best troops for there shall be no strength to stand. But he who comes against him shall do as he wills, and none shall stand before him, and he shall stand in the glorious land with destruction in his hand. He shall set his face to come with the strength of his whole kingdom, and he shall bring terms of an agreement and perform them. He shall give him the daughter of women to destroy the kingdom, but it shall not stand or be to his advantage. Afterward, he shall turn his face to the coastlands and shall capture many of them. But a commander shall put an end to his insolence. Indeed, he shall turn his insolence back upon him. Then he shall turn his face back toward the fortresses of his own land. But he shall stumble and fall and shall not be found. Then shall arise in his place one who shall send an exactor of tribute for the glory of the kingdom. But within a few days he shall be broken, neither in anger nor in battle. In his place shall arise a contemptible person to whom royal majesty has not been given. He shall come in without warning and obtain the kingdom by flatteries. Armies shall be utterly swept away before him and broken, even the prince of the covenant. 
And from the time that an alliance is made with him, he shall act deceitfully, and he shall become strong with a small people. Without warning, he shall come into the richest parts of the province, and he shall do what neither his fathers nor his father's fathers have done, scattering among them plunder, spoil, and goods. He shall devise plans against strongholds, but only for a time. And he shall stir up his power and his heart against the king of the south with a great army. And the king of the south shall wage war with an exceedingly great and mighty army. But he shall not stand, for plots shall be devised against him. Even those who eat his food shall break him. His army shall be swept away, and many shall fall down slain. And as for the two kings, their hearts shall be bent on doing evil. They shall speak lies at the same table, but to no avail. For the end is yet to be at the time appointed. And he shall return to his land with great wealth, but his heart shall be set against the holy covenant. And he shall work his will and return to his own land. At the time appointed, he shall return and come into the south, but it shall not be this time as it was before. For the ships of Kittim shall come against him, and he shall be afraid and withdraw, and shall turn back and be enraged and take action against the holy covenant. He shall turn back and pay attention to those who forsake the holy covenant. Forces from him shall appear and profane the temple and fortress, and shall take away the regular burnt offering, and they shall set up the abomination that makes desolate. He shall seduce with flattery those who violate the covenant, But the people who know their God shall stand firm and take action. And the wise among the people shall make many understand. Though for some days they shall stumble by sword and flame, by captivity and plunder. When they stumble, they shall receive a little help. And many shall join themselves to them with flattery. And some of the wise shall stumble so that they may be refined, purified, and made white. Until the time of the end, for it still awaits the appointed time. And the king shall do as he wills. He shall exalt himself and magnify himself above every god, and shall speak astonishing things against the god of gods. He shall prosper till the indignation is accomplished, for what is decreed shall be done. He shall pay no attention to the gods of his fathers or to the one beloved by women. He shall not pay attention to any other god, for he shall magnify himself above all. He shall honor the god of fortresses instead of these, a God whom his fathers did not know, he shall honor with gold and silver, with precious stones and costly gifts. He shall deal with the strongest fortresses with the help of a foreign God. Those who acknowledge him, he shall load with honor. He shall make them rulers over many and shall divide the land for a price. At the time of the end, the king of the south shall attack him, but the king of the north shall rush upon him like a whirlwind with chariots and horsemen and with many ships. And he shall come into countries and shall overflow and pass through. He shall come into the glorious land, and tens of thousands shall fall. But these shall be delivered out of his hand, Edom and Moab and the main part of the Ammonites. He shall stretch out his hand against the countries, and the land of Egypt shall not escape. He shall become ruler of the treasures of gold and of silver, and all the precious things of Egypt, and the Libyans and the Cushites shall follow in his train. But news from the east and the north shall alarm him, and he shall go out with great fury, to destroy and devote many to destruction. And he shall pitch his palatial tents between the sea and the glorious holy mountain. Yet he shall come to his end with none to help him. O Lord, have mercy on us. Thanks be to God. 
In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You're familiar, I think, with these words that Paul writes to Timothy. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. All scripture, all scripture is God-breathed, including this, Daniel chapter 11, in spite of its meandering, in spite of its, I don't know, lack of clarity for us, 21st century readers, what on earth is going on, you might think. What on earth is going on? It is, in many ways, very strange. Here's what, how one commentator put it. This is kind of strange in the history of biblical prophecy. One can hardly begin to read this chapter before it becomes evident that a very special problem confronts the Bible student. A certain minuteness of prediction in matters of detail is noted after the opening verses of the chapter have been read. Minuteness of detail. We're talking about kings and princes and successors and marriages and battles and people rising up and people falling. And it is so specific, even more specific than we have already seen. If you remember from a few chapters ago, we've heard about kingdoms rising and falling. We heard about the beasts coming out of the sea, the Persians and the Greeks and the Romans. We've heard about these kingdoms that will rise and fall. And here in Daniel chapter 11, it's almost as though God is drilling in with such specificity that we can hardly comprehend it. In fact, one, one commentator said that in order to make sense of Daniel chapter 11, you have to really sit down and read it with a, a secular history in hand. And you can kind of line things up. You can see how the kings of Persia rose up, how Darius was there, and then Cyrus And then Alexander the Great, we've heard about him before in the book of Daniel. Alexander the Great rises up and he conquers the whole known world. But then he dies suddenly and the kingdom is split into four parts. You can see all of these things lining up in secular history. If you read the history of the ancient Near East, you see these very things playing out. The Ptolemies and the Seleucids, the kings of the north and the kings of the south, conflicted with one another, fighting against one another. And always, in every case, every last one of them, They rise, and then they fall. They rise and they fall. It's one of the things that stands out to me when I read it aloud, which is very different from just sitting and reading it quietly. When you read it aloud, you can hear this litany over and over and over again. The king rose up, and the king fell. The king made a name for himself, and then the king was destroyed. And I love how the lesson ends, this final verse. Yet he shall come to his end with none to help him. That's how things go for the kingdoms of this world, they come to an end with none to help them. Daniel saw this vision and he was perplexed by it. It troubled him. Last week we heard that he fasted and mourned for three weeks because it was so troubling. Troubling was what he saw coming on his people. There were difficult times yet ahead. They were already living under the conquest of foreign empires, but their time was not yet done. There was more trouble to come. In fact, worse trouble than they had seen so far. There was coming a time when the temple was going to be desecrated, that abomination of desolation. There was going to be a king who would occupy the land of Judea, Jerusalem, and would offer sacrifices of pigs in the temple and would make the priests eat pig flesh and make the people give up the covenants and stop the worship. He would stop the daily burnt offering. We heard 
about that day coming, and it made Daniel tremble. How will my people fare? How will they survive in these difficult days ahead? But did you notice the difference between how God describes in this vision what will happen to the kingdoms of this earth in comparison with what will happen to God's people? The kingdoms of this earth will rise and they'll fall. They'll rise and they'll fall and they'll come to their end. But what will, God, what will happen to God's people? They will, stu- they will suffer and they will stumble. They will stumble, but they will not be brought to an end. And that's the key for all of us here today. That's how this lesson comes home to roost for all of us today. You may stumble as God's people, but you will not be brought to an end. The world will And so do not put your hope in the world or the kingdoms of this world. The world will be brought to an end in spite of its glamour and its glitz and its apparent power and its apparent victory. The world will be brought to an end. Every empire falls. Every great ruler falls. Every wicked king receives his comeuppance. I want to kind of distill this down to five key points, something you can take home with you, five key things, short lessons that I think you might be able to put in your pocket from Daniel chapter 11. And the first one is, very simply, that studying Scripture is hard work. If you want to understand Daniel chapter 11, you have to do some work. There's no two ways about it. You can't just sit down and make sense of it. So you might undertake some time to go look up an encyclopedia and read about the Persians and the Greeks and the Romans and the Ptolemies and the Seleucids and put it together. Sit down side by side with Daniel chapter 11 and you'll learn something about the history of the world. That's often what it takes to understand Scripture, hard work and study. But the reward, the reward that comes from spending time with Scripture and trusting what God says about his word, that it is always profitable. The reward is that you receive the Holy Spirit, and so you receive comfort. Here's some comfort. Here's point number two for you. This pattern always happens pattern of rising and falling in wickedness, the pattern of abominations. So it happened in the temple that they rebuilt. In the 150s or so, there was this abomination. The temple was desecrated. It happens again. After Jesus dies in the year 70, the temple again is destroyed at the hands of wicked Roman emperors. It happens again and again. The world is full of abominations, nothing new under the sun. That's what Solomon says. And so when you see abominations, don't be surprised. Jesus even says there are yet abominations to come. He says when you see the abomination of desolation, not talking about what Daniel saw, but talking about what yet is to come, he says, pay attention, watch out. Recognize that these things, these things have been foreseen, foreknown by God. And that's a third thing for you to pay close attention to here today. Notice the detail, all of which is given by God's word. These kings, they think that they're controlling their fates. These nations, they think that they're driving their course in the history of the world. But who has determined every step they take? But the Lord God Almighty, down to the details, down to the details, he's prescribed their course. And that is of great comfort to us because it means that whatever happens, As St. Paul says in Romans, whatever happens is for your good, for your comfort, for strengthening your faith, for building you up, even when you see the abomination of desolation. That is to say, even when you see 
The church attacked, the people of God under persecution. Even when you feel your own faith under assault by the devil, know even then that you are not separate from God. This is not something happening apart from God. But God has discerned the exact course and the extent of evil in this world. He is the one who is bringing it to an end. And that is how the people of God can stand firm. Here's point number four. The people of God stand firm. It's such a hopeful and comforting thing that even when the temple is desecrated, even when the people are being snuffed out, those who know their God stand firm and take action. They're made to understand because they trust in their God. Remember, it's the same God who Daniel knew as the one who rescued him from the mouth of the lions. It's the same God that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego knew as the one who would save them from the fiery furnace. That is your God. You know him. And so you can stand firm in the face of every storm, every trial, every bit of difficulty, every suffering. In fact, you can do as St. Peter says, you can count it as something gracious in the sight of God to endure suffering with patience. You can endure suffering with patience in the end because here's point number five. All of the wickedness of this world, although you feel it, you feel it in your bones, you feel it against your heart, you feel it in your life, all of the wickedness in this world, it is directed against God. It's God who they sin against, the wicked in this world. It's God who they rage against, these kings and these nations. It's God who is offended for your sake when they utter all kinds of evil against you. It's God. And so it is God who will act. The Lord God Almighty who reigns. We said it in our psalm, Psalm 138. Though I walk in the midst of trouble, you preserve my life. You stretch out your hand against the wrath of my enemies. And your right hand delivers me. He does it. The Lord delivers you. Because they sin against him. And they sin against him when they persecute you, when they utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on his account, when they lie about you, when they deprive you, when they persecute you, when they make nothing, make little of your faith. They sin against him, and it is the Lord who will act on your behalf. You don't have to do it yourself. You don't have to defend yourself. You don't have to fight for yourself, because it is God who fights for you. The Lord who is gracious and merciful the Lord who has given his own son to die for you, if he was willing to do that for you, if he's willing to go to the grave and to hell itself for you, if he was willing to face the jaws of the devil and to shut them once and for all for you, then there is nothing that he will not do now to keep you safe and secure. There's a lot we can learn from all of Scripture. Some of it takes a little bit more work than other parts. Some of it is clearer than other parts. But Daniel chapter 11 is glorious because we see such a clear picture in it of the extent of God's love for us, down to the details. Handling the nations of this world like their playthings, he laughs at them. He laughs at them because he's preserving you, his people, in all of this. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.